issue five is now on the shelves of DC Primetime. I like that intro. I'm going to start using that from now on. Uh, but from the showcast on Next Level Radio or Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And I am Rob Martin from Caffeine Crew. And we are welcoming back a uh, second time guest, good friend of mine, Craig Legans. Craig, welcome back. Hey, thank you guys for being on my show. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Our second time back to Craig's show. Yep. So we're just letting him have it this time. We're not going to hijack anything. Finally. It's all his. It's yeah. all his. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to go. Uh, but three shows to talk about this week instead of four since Supergirl was preemptive due to the Grammy Awards. Uh, so we have the Flash episode 14, Arrow episode 14, and DC Legends of Tomorrow episode 5. So let us start first with the bullet points where we give our ranking of sidekick, hero, or legend. Starting off first with the Flash episode 14 titled Escape from Earth 2. Uh, we'll start with the guest as usual and start with Craig. I gave Flash a, uh, a solid hero um, bordering on, uh, on legend, but it was a great story. You know, Earth 2 was something that we've all been looking forward to for a long time. And uh, it was great seeing... Uh, uh, Barry Two, um, I call him Barry Two on Earth Two. Barry, uh, being the the nebbish Peter Parker like waif uh, that he is, great uh, acting performance on that end. Uh, yeah, it was solid all around. It was a great one off at a, a great ending. Got a lot of mystery. We don't know who the man in the iron mask is. I want to say Leonardo DiCaprio, but that could be wrong. <laughs> but yeah, solid hero. I have a theory on that, but we will get to that uh, when okay. we get into the secret origins. But uh, Rob, how about you? Um, you know what? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stay a legend. I'm gonna stay a legend. I was thinking hero for a second, but you know what? I still really liked it. Um, I, I really don't. I, I not as much happened like last week did. That's for sure. But ultimately, it was still a lot of fun. I love the fact that we saw Earth Two. Granted, we didn't see Earth Two in, in the same light that we saw it last week. But um, and it wasn't as kind of like chock full of here's all your Easter eggs, but still a solid uh solid legend still. Yeah, um, I'm teetering between hero and legend because it was another really good episode. I thought it was a great conclusion to the to the Earth 2 storyline. Uh, and I'm leaning more towards legend, though, only because of the fact that <clears throat> while we didn't see as much of Earth 2 and it wasn't as jam-packed as the first one, first one with nods and such, um, the mystery that it left us with at the end, um, the questions yeah. that it left us with. Yeah. Um, that just made me crave it already being this, you know, the next episode. Uh, I think for that reason alone, it pushes it just slightly into that legend category. Uh, so yeah, so I'm going to give it a legend, uh, legend as well for this one. Uh, next up we have Arrow episode 14 titled Code of Silence. Uh, we'll start with you, Rob, on this one. Uh, I'm going to go straight up hero on this one. Uh, this was kind of a, it felt like a filler episode, but not quite a filler episode because we did see Damien Dark again. Um, you know, we kind of got a little bit more of a grander scheme of Hive. But again, it, it felt like kind of a one-off episode. And you know what? It was kind of nice. It was it was nice to get a break from a lot of the like, straight up melodrama and stuff like that that's been happening on. It was just a good old school, felt like a season one, early season two episode of Arrow. And uh, I was all for it. Cool. How about you, Craig? I have the exact same way I, uh, the Rob explained it exactly how I feel. It was just a, re- a really solid episode, solid hero. Um, it was just a it it was just a really good you know one off story. Um, we didn't really get a whole lot of explanation, and we still don't know who 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 died. 
you know, who was a uh, whose death that uh that Oliver has to avenge. So you know, but I was cool with taking a break from that and just you know just having a solid, uh, you know, solid good storyline with some excellent fighting scenes and a, a typical you know great Arrow episode. Yeah, uh, I'm on the I'm on the same plane with you guys. Uh, I'm giving it a a solid hero as well. I do like to make one point uh, about the episode that um. And again, it's a cheap plug to the show cast, which, you know, just celebrated its 100th episode, by the way. Um, uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. I just, that was a really cheap. Plug. Oh, no, 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 no. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, but you're on that network. It's it. I, it that's an accomplishment. Yeah, I, I that is huge. It. A lot of podcasts don't even make it to 10 episodes, let alone 100. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. That is true. But thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, but I do have to say one of the first guests we ever had on the podcast on the show cast was uh, James Banford, who is the stunt coordinator for Arrow and Code of Silence directed by James Bam Bam Banford. Whoa. Uh, I'm not sure awesome. if this is his first take on directing of, of a show, but um, we're definitely going to have to try and have him back on the podcast now because he was uh, I think he did a great job for if this was his first take at directing, even if it wasn't. Uh, this was a very well put together episode. Uh, yeah, with a solid hero ranking from me as well. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, for the shows, we have DC's Legends of Tomorrow, episode number five, uh, titled Fail Safe. And uh, I'll kick this one off uh, since everybody else got their chance. I'm going to give this one a solid hero. Uh, it was a nice wrap up to the previous episode, um, which was a two parter, which was White Knights, episode four. Uh, a lot of strong things about this it kind of shifted a little bit where my allegiance for favorite character went to even though it hasn't changed but it it shifted a little bit we'll get into that a little bit more when we hit the secret origins but uh rob how about you uh, i'm gonna go legend again um on this week I, i've been really enjoying the 1986 storyline that they did with uh the ussr it's been fun cool and bookending it uh back to you craig I give it a – it was kind of a sidekick, but I'll give it more of a hero vibe. I, I like what they're doing with it. I'm glad they finally got out of the 70s. And uh, I, I like the character development. I, I like them um, uh, splitting off a, a bit. And you explained it last time I was on, Ben. It's expensive to get everyone together at all times. But uh, it was a it was a great um, – it was, it was great to get the focus on uh, Ray Palmer and get Snart uh, away from his, you know, his sidekick. Yeah. to uh see them developed uh, differently so yeah yeah it was uh it was it was good not great that I, I i'll go i'll go with hero i said sidekick but i'll go with hero. <laughs> all right uh cool so then with that being said let's break these episodes down as we go into the secret origins portion of the podcast uh starting off first we're back up to the flash again episode 15 episode 14 i'm getting ahead of myself already <laughs> Looking forward to next week way yes. too much. Oh, I, I know. I am too. Um, but episode 14, Escape from Earth 2. Uh, quick synopsis on the episode is, On Earth 2, the team asks for help from an unexpected source to find Loom, Zoom's lair. Uh, while on Earth 1, Caitlin tries to perfect Velocity 9 so Jay can stop the Geomancer. Um, so, it's always rough because I never know where to start with some of these episodes. Um, again, I have a new theory, but we'll get to that later towards the end. Well, how, how about we? Why don't we start with um, maybe Earth uh, Earth One stuff, and then get that out of the way, and then except for the very ending. Okay, maybe uh, that's a good way to go, and then we'll just deal with all the Earth Two stuff as a whole. Yeah, that that kind of makes sense. I mean, I know one of the big things about the Earth One storyline in this is, as I had mentioned in the synopsis, Velocity Nine mm-hmm. is already 
a thing. I mean, it didn't take any time to develop, which I'm I'm actually fine with. I like uh, I like how they don't drag out certain portions of these storylines. We all knew Velocity Nine was coming. At least the fans knew Velocity Nine was coming. So rather than go through Velocity Eight and find out it didn't work and blah 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 blah, we went right to Velocity Nine, and I was fine with that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we went V6 to V9, and then, like I said, you know, they skipped over V8 because, well, everybody yeah, probably just... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, like I said, I, I like the fact that they said, okay, hey, here, here, we're going to clear the whole MacGuffin of, you know, Jay dying kind of thing. You know, they said if he mm-hmm. keeps using the drug, he's going to heal up. Uh, I did like that they kind of did that, which is a nice, like I said, reverse we talked about last week, which old school Velocity and I in the books killed speedsters. This one's actually saving Jay. So I thought it was a nice, nice kind of nod in the opposite direction. Um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it was nice to see more Teddy Sears. Uh, I, I really do like his Jay Garrick. I think they do a really nice job of him. Um, I don't think we really saw much of anybody beyond the two of them. Like even Joe was very. I, I, did we even see any of Joe this week? Come to I think don't of it. think. Yeah, he was. Go ahead. Go helping ahead. Uh, with the. Um, oh yeah, at the, the very Joe, end. Help, yeah, helping with the. Uh... With the uh, the portal uh, closing uh, closing it up. Yeah, oh, that's no, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, like he he popped in for there. Uh, no Wally West this week at all. No. Um, but uh, yeah, we did get Joe helping out with uh, the repairing the speed can at the very end with uh, w- which was actually I thought a kind of a fun looking little scene, the little vortex that that Jay created, and you know, good old Papa Joe running around and <laughs> flipping his switches. So. But yeah, uh, yeah, the only downside was, was he wasn't singing while he was doing it. I mean, yeah. It was, it was I, Put on the little hat, you know. <laughs> Seriously. Close the vortex. So, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other notable things worth. I mean, obviously, uh, one other big notable mention, but we'll save that towards the end of the episode because it, it is significant to the end of the episode. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anything. Uh, on Earth One, the only other really big thing was Iris has a new editor, and that was kind of anti uh, the the fluff flash. pieces about the the Flash. Uh, that was. That's starting to kind of become backlash, and I know we still have one thing we haven't seen from the uh, end of season one uh, is that Barry in jail thing that still has not come to fruition this season. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that, but when we did see the glimpse into the future, when we saw everybody else, there was still that one shot of Grant behind behind bars in Iron Heights. So uh, I'm wondering if that's something if the, the city's going to start turning on him a little bit for not showing up to save uh, save the city from Geomancer. Well, I think a lot of those clips that we saw in that are, are from future episodes. So, I mean, it's from here on to the end of the season. So I think that's something we're probably eventually going to see. Uh, but I, again, as you had mentioned, due to the things that happen on Earth 2, um, I think Barry's coming back different. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's – I don't know if it's he's going to be in Iron Heights due to something that he did as the Flash because then it would be revealed that Barry is the Flash – it's going to be something in his personal life that's going to get him right locked up in Iron Heights. Indeed. Yeah, I see that. I see that happening. So, I mean, because otherwise, again, it, it it would be revealed to the world that that Barry is the Flash. So, but again, time travel. So you never know. Very true. Definitely. And he could just phase through the bars. Oh, yeah. that was all right. Let's get to that. <laughs> he can finally absolutely phase through stuff and like not have to be running full speed. Oh, that was so amazing. Well, let's back that, up. Huh? Let's back up a little bit. All right. Do it up. Uh, do it up. We go back to outside of Zoom Mountain, as I've heard some people name. Is it called Zoom Mountain? It's not called Zoom Mountain in the comic books, is it? 
No, no. Okay. I, I just heard a couple people call it Zoom Mountain, so I didn't know if that was a comic book reference or not. Uh, but as mentioned in the synopsis, we find out that Professor Wells and Cisco do enlist the help of somebody to get them uh, to, uh, to Zoom Mountain, and that is Caitlin uh, from Earth 2, a.k.a. Killer Frost. Yes. So, because we find out that Zoom's base of operations is up a extremely steep Sheer cliff. Cliff, yes. Sheer. Um, that pretty much only Zoom can get to because of the fact that he can run up the walls. So, uh, but yeah, we have we find out that Caitlin they enlist the help of Killer Frost to help him get up there, and, and, and this is a good episode for for both Barrys. Yeah. Um, for Earth 1 and Earth 2, Barry, because they both face some fears and overcome at the same time. Yeah, and it only took a super pep talk from Barry 2, Earth 2, Barry, to get Earth 1, Barry, to vibrate through the walls. And just with the simple phrase, you can do it if you believe you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, really, the, the 188 times he tried to do it before, he didn't believe? It felt more like Peter Pan. You gotta clap your hands, and it'll happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so true. I didn't even think about it that way. But I love the fact that they found a way to get get the pep talk speech in, like they have every other episode. And it's something I'm a sucker for. But I love the fact they had Earth Two Barry do it. That was well. Before we get to the pep talk, it it, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Before we get to the pep talk, there is one other significant event that does happen before. Wells and Cisco and Killer Frost make their way up to and Earth One Barry and or Earth Two Barry and Earth Two Iris make their way up to that cave, and that is uh, Earth One Barry and Wells's daughter, which I can't remember her Jessie. name. Jesse. Jesse. That's it. Yep. Jesse Quick. Yep. Um, are able to find a way to communicate with the Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah, the little POW taps. That was kind of nice. Yes. Yeah. POW taps and which he spells out the word J, mm-hmm. uh, which has been revealed that they are is in reference to Jay Garrick. We just do not know in which way. Right. Uh, we don't know if it's in a good way. We don't know if it's in a bad way. And unfortunately, we have to wait to find out. <laughs> all right. So, all right, let's get into it. All right. What are people's thoughts about the man in the iron mask? Who is that? Because last episode, it looked like. You know, we were looking at an African-American dude, and a lot of us thought it was Wally West. Then some of us were still thinking John Wesley Ship. It was Henry Allen. Okay. And we thought it was Jay Garrick. No idea anymore, dude. I Here, could not tell you. They shot that so beautifully that you could not tell not, yeah, anything. No. Here is my theory, and this is my new theory, and I'd be very interested to find out what you guys think. And any and any of our listeners, I'm very curious to know what you think, too. I'm taking this man in the iron. We've been calling him the man in the iron mask, but they've never actually dubbed him the man in the iron mask on the show. He's just been a guy that's been in a cell and he just happens to be wearing an iron mask. Take the man in the iron mask reference and actually use that and take that to the Alexander Dumas story, which Mm -hmm. stems off the three musketeers. You look at the man in the iron mask, which, you know, Craig, you jokingly said Leonardo DiCaprio, but still stay behind that. What's that? I stand behind that. I still think it's him. Under the well, mask. you still think it's Leonardo DiCaprio? He's yeah. really pushing for that Oscar, man. He is. Um, but let's go into that. The, the story of the man in the Iron Mask was the fact that uh, the man in the Iron Mask was the true king of England, and his twin brother was the one who locked him up. Um, 
so that he didn't, one, hit him away, and two, didn't have to look at his own face. Let's take that. I firmly believe that <clears throat> part of what Mannix's, uh, Chris Mannix, who was on with us last week, his theory was that the man in the Iron Mask and Zoom are the same person. And I do firmly believe that now. And I think that's exactly what it is. I think whoever is in the Iron Mask is the doppelganger of Zoom. Now, let's take into perspective, we've already seen <clears throat> two versions of Jay Garrick. So I don't think Jay Garrick is Zoom. We've already seen Earth-1 version of Wally West. We've already seen Earth-1 versions of other people. I believe, and this is my new theory. Here we go. I think the man in the Iron Mask is Earth-1 Eddie. Wow. Um, I don't know. Because honestly, if you're going to go the twin theory, and here's one of the things I have. My brain is thinking it's an Allen of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and I think Craig can back me up on this. Yeah. What, uh, Craig, actually here. Good question for you. What happens with a lot of the Allen family? What is one of their big genetic traits that gets passed on in bloodline? Speed. Uh, well, not that, but twin. <laughs> but twins. 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 Yes. Twins. Bart. Yes. It's heavily in the Allen in the Allen genes. Is yep. it, they're they're born twins. Yep. There's so a lot of twins. Okay. I mean, I, I can I can kind of see that. Um. But I don't know if the if the writers this time are going to make it as blatantly obvious as they did Reverse Flash. I don't know. Um, I think they're throwing a lot of nods in our direction to confuse us. And I think the reveal is going to be something that we're not going to see coming. Because even before season two started, we did find out. They did say that I, I don't remember the actor's name who played Eddie Thawne in season one. They uh, did say he would be back. Uh, that was uh, Rick Costin. Okay. They did say he would be back. They did say we have not seen the last of Eddie. Yeah, okay. that's true. Um, and we haven't seen him at all this season. So I think, again, I mean, it's just a theory. I could be way off. But, I mean, the last time we saw Eddie, he was shot, but he was poured into the he was pulled into the vortex, mm-hmm. um, which consistently means he, he had left Earth-1 and Harrison or Eobard Thawne was erased from existence. It doesn't necessarily mean that Eddie died yeah. because if he was pulled into the vortex and somehow ended up on earth two, he could have survived and Ed and Ed Eobard Thawne is still gone. So who's to say that now that there's two Eddies on earth two, zoom earth to Eddie from earth two being zoom now hides away his other side so that it's not revealed who he is. Well, and there's also the, some, I've even saw some speculation of people thinking that what if it's Ronnie, um, a lot of people still are speculating that Ronnie Raymond is not dead from the the vortex and is stuck somewhere on Earth too. So yeah. another I, idea too. There's too many questions, too many red herrings, and they're doing an amazing job of making us really infuriated trying to figure this out. But here's yeah. here's the other thing. I'm sorry, Craig. I cut you off. I was gonna say uh, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards your theory, Ben, only because Zoom was adamant that neither Barry nor Jesse talk to the man in the iron mask or have any communication with him whatsoever, which makes right. me, which leads me to believe it's somebody from earth one in, in the mask. Uh, and two, here's my other thing that kind of leads into that. We now know that the man in the iron mask is Caucasian, uh, cause we do see the skin of his neck. We know that it's somebody with a similar stature in build to Barry. Um, and the other thing we didn't really mention is whoever it is was unfazed by the fact that Barry was the flash. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question uh, and a good thought. I think, uh, you know, I have a feeling we actually maybe my brain's still thinking it's Henry Allen. 
in all honesty. Or Bart? Um, I, I don't. I, I think it's. I think it's going to be the dad. I, I we haven't seen him for most of the season. He um, was my original. He was my original. I think. Thought. He, well, think about it. Think of uh, somebody that you know, like he said, spent a lot of time in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the you know the whole taps and knocking is something that he picked up at Iron Heights. But if he's from Earth One, why would he try to spell out Jay Garrick? Well, that's the other part of yeah. my theory too. Is I think Jay Garrick is actually working for Zoom. Um, I okay. think he was sent over to Earth Two or Earth One as a spy for Zoom, and eventually, you know, he did it in in order to still get the speed that he needed because it was a drug to him. He he's mm-hmm. even admitted he got addicted to it. Um, until he started to realize that, hey, these people on Earth-1 can actually cure me, mm-hmm. uh, which started to teeter his alliance. We know we don't know for sure whether or not Jay Garrick is dead because of the way the episode ends, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, but I think, uh, I think if they were going to kill him off, they would have shown him dead. So mm-hmm. I don't think Jay Garrick is dead, um, which leads us real quickly to the end of the episode with uh, Dr. Wells, every, pretty much everybody, including Jesse, returning back to Earth-1, and the moment, the moment they were celebrating and Jay was standing too close to that portal... And you right after- it, was, it was such a MacGuffin. It's like everyone <laughs> is on the in the hallway, like on the floor. Yeah. yeah. They're on the stage. It's like, uh, Jay, you want to move a little forward? You might want to step away from the vortex. <laughs> right. Uh, please step away from the vortex. <laughs> Saw it coming a mile away. Yeah. Um, pulls him back through to Earth-2, and then the portal closes. And not so, just pulls him, puts his fist through his chest, his, yes. and then, and, and yeah, as the final breach is closing, which brings up the next question, how is, how is Zoom coming back over? Because that, from what we understand, was the last breach. So, yeah, um, you know, and it, it, how are they going to, to rescue Jay, if that's, if that's the case? Uh, how is Zoom going to come back over to Earth-1? Because as you mentioned, that was the final breach, and they closed it. So I think eventually they're going to have to find a way to open the breaches from their own side, from, from Earth-1. Uh, because we know that's going to be needed in order for Barry to get to Supergirl. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. but, and I, they, I, oh, go ahead, Craig. Sorry. Yeah, to, yeah for, for Barry to get to Supergirl and to save the Man of the Iron Mask. Yeah. Um, I, I, my guess is I think we're going to see that cosmic treadmill sooner than we think. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's such an iconic thing of the old, old Barry Allen flash, um, for them not to do it would be kind of surprising. And I think that's, I think that that's maybe where they're going to go. So well, okay. they've, used, they've used a treadmill before and I mean, they used a treadmill in the show and mm-hmm. that's always been kind of like a, like a kind of a wink foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even and, like when Barry lost his speed, they put him back on yeah and And i think maybe what they'll do is because you saw jay do the vortex uh in the speed cannon maybe they can link up the kinetic energy from barry running on the treadmill to power Mm -hmm. up the speed cannon and go from there so maybe that's what we're going to see is a kind of a little connection with those two yeah so um i do think rob going in what you said too about the fact that it could still be henry allen as the man in the iron mask um, I think if it is the case, then I'm still leaning more towards my theory that if the man in the iron mask is Henry Allen, then zoom is Henry Allen as well. Yeah. Like I said, and I'm still wondering exactly what they're going to play off with this whole Hunter's almond thing. Cause it's, they've only done that in the show once and I'm I think still wondering where that's going to go. I think it was just a nod to the fans. I really it, do. It might yeah. be it, it, that may be like the season one where we saw Jason rush, um, one of the other firestorms that existed in the timeline 
when they first found the 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 suitcase with the Project Firestorm. Yeah, uh, I'm wondering if it's going to be like that. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious. I'm, I'm wondering if that's just kind of a red herring or not, or if that's going to go anywhere too. So, I think it is. At this point, though, I, I I I've lost any of my theories, and I feel like they're <laughs> all they're. It could be anything at this point. It really could be. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, but it's going to be very interesting. We're going to have to find out sometime in the next couple weeks. So um, I'm assuming probably next week's episode, which um, I guess we can mention, obviously, because we're, we're getting ready to wrap up with uh, the Flash discussion. Uh, but King Shark is the title of the episode, and we know what that's going to be about. So um, pretty much when King Shark escapes from Argus, uh, from an Argus holding tank, Lila and Diggle are going to be traveling to Central City to warn Flash, mm-hmm. and um, it's going to be a it's going to be a cool episode. And I don't know if you guys had seen it or not. The promo, the promo. Oh my god, it's so was good. A, was a Jaws blotter, which I <laughs> loved. Even the way they did the Flash logo, like it was that in red with the lightning bolt going through the side over hovering above water, and I'm like, well, that's, that's, what, that's what I meant by the Jaws. Oh, yeah, that was there. Yeah. It was the the nice little nod. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And they even had like the Jaws music start up in the promo. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it was amazing. So good. Wait, which I'm assuming means they're probably going to be taking a break from the Zoom storyline, at least for one episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think we're going to get a one or two episode break. I wouldn't be surprised if the the show is going to have a break coming up soon. Usually around after about five, six episodes, we see a couple week off. So, yeah, it looks actually it looks like I'm looking ahead a little bit. Um, it looks like there's actually going to be a break coming up after the King Shark episode uh, for a week because King Shark is going to be airing on February 23rd. The next episode actually is until the 15th. So there's a two week break after King Shark. OK, okay. so um, and of course, oh, no. Um, our, our other good special guests aren't going to be on until that week, actually, that it returns. Well, they're actually on right before that return, oh, so <laughs> so we'll have to maybe maybe ship them back a week. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So, um, well, I mean, I'm sh- we're still going to have a podcast those two weeks. We're just try- still trying to narrow down what we're exactly we're going to be doing during those two weeks of break, but uh, we'll still be doing something. But let's move on now with the next episode. Uh, which was Arrow, Season 4, Episode 14, named Code of Silence. Team Arrow uncovers Hive's plans to take them out for good, leading Lance to wonder if Donna is better off without him and Oliver to consider telling Felicity about his son. Um, Again, I think we... Did anybody... I think we all gave this hero. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we were all pretty much on the same page about Mm -hmm. this one. Uh, I'll start off by saying that this episode of Arrow... It solidifies again what I've been saying for the past couple weeks since pretty much since we started this this podcast is that this is a show that shines well enough that it doesn't have to make the Green Arrow the standout star. No, this was a great Paul Blackthorne episode, actually. I thought um, this was a great Thea episode. Yeah, that's to it. To be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, this is a good show that <clears throat> makes – Makes light of the fact that these co- the co-stars are not co-stars; they're a team. I mean, it, when it comes to Arrow, it's more the team. It's Team Arrow, not Green Arrow. Yeah, and uh-huh. uh, you know, like I said, the question is now: Is Laurel going to get an episode anytime soon? Because uh, she's still the one that's been very absent from those, uh, you know, specific episodes, putting a lot of light towards those characters. So it's yeah. been a while for her. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, <clears throat> 
it's been contested who is in the coffin, obviously. Um, but I think if there's a chance that it's it's been revealed too that we're going to find out who it is before the season is over. Yes. So um, if it's revealed at any point that the person in the coffin happens to be Paul Blackthorne, happens to be Detective Lance, I think it's a strong possibility that after that we're going to see a Laurel episode. Oh, very much so. Uh, I don't think it's Detective Lance. It's, at it's least I'm not. hoping it's not. I still, I'm still saying at this point, I'm still pretty much rock solid sold on the thought process that it's, uh, we're looking at Felicity's mother. Felicity's, <clears throat> Felicity's mother, Donna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I will, I, I'll lead into another discussion on this too. Did anybody get an Austin Powers vibe from, or even a James Bond vibe from Damien Dark this episode? Um, cause it was totally right oh, out yeah. of. Paul, no. of, of John Barrowman being number two yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to Dr. Evil. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, this this episode, we actually kind of got to see Hive as Hive um, for the first time. And uh, we had, you know, down to the, you know, kind of like the the villains united, you know, evil, like, you know, the Injustice Society, it almost felt like. We had monitors of all these different, you know, baddies that we don't even know who any of them are yet. Mm. Um and that are all in the the giant evil organization, and uh, yeah, I, it was nice to see Hive as something bigger. They've been talking about it for a while, and it was the first time we got the chance to see it. Um, I wish they got a chance to show show us a little bit more on how that's functioning, and maybe throw in a couple other big uh, DC villain names in there somewhere. Maybe showed us some of the old villains that have been one offs on Arrow so far. Anything like that that would have been a kind of a nice nod. Well, I mean, again, too going back to what I had mentioned before. Um... This is something Damian Dark is the kind of villain that I really hope when this season wraps up, he's not a one season villain. Yeah, I hope um, he makes it out. Yeah, I, I hope he makes it out alive. I hope we get to see him again. And again, that could give them the opportunity to build on Hive and almost become <clears throat> the the Lex Luthor of this world where he now has other people doing the dirty work and he's now just the puppet master behind the scenes. Um, he's not making the public appearances as he does now. Maybe he's scarred due to a battle with Oliver and it kind of puts him in the back burner and he has all these people for Hive doing his dirty work for him. Um, which again leads chances to bring in more villains to join Hive again. But I mean, it came to a point where I was almost waiting for Damien Dark to say, no, Mr. Queen, I expect you to die. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I got a very Bondish, yeah, uh, it was it... Austin Powers vibe. Yeah, it was it was very old school James Bond. Yeah, I, I did kind of like that though. Uh, Craig, what were some of the highlights of the episode for you going into this? Well, one? I like where they're going with the um, with uh, having uh, Damien's wife be the uh, the the foe to uh, to take on Oliver. I think what's really going to further the 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 show and the storyline. I like the idea of of Damien Dark being this Luthor type character. He does it a lot better than uh, the Maxwell Lord character in Super in Supergirl does, mm-hmm. but I I think it all keys on if Oliver wins this election. You know, if if Oliver is mayor of Star City, uh, that could further him being turning into the you know the, the billionaire tycoon or playboy, or it could also limit his uh, his arrow capabilities. Uh, but I think it all depends on the I think the election is what's really going to, to drive the story forward. I think it's it's kind of put on the back burner, but I it's I think it's going to tell uh, going to create a, a better storyline going forward for what Oliver can do, and what he can't do uh, being a, a government official. Yeah, that's no, true. And, uh, and, you know, if it follows the, the comic line, you know, he will 
Leo ultimately become mayor. Um, and then, uh, if, if I remember correctly, that's when we actually did see um, some other eras kind of step into play and uh, change up mm-hmm. uh, who was under the hood for a little while. Uh, I know even in the comics we did see when he was doing that, you know, uh, you know, Roy Harper kind of stepped back into that role, Connor Hawk, all mm-hmm. that stuff. So very curious mm-hmm. to see where this could go. Yeah, agreed with that as well. Uh, another note worth pointing out was a nice little nod at the end of the episode during the engagement. Was it an engagement party or was it a it was the, a debate party? It was the engagement party. Engagement okay, party. that's I couldn't tell. I mean, I figured with Donna, with, with Felicity's mother Donna putting it together, it was the engagement party. But it was almost kind of difficult for me to tell at points whether it was an engagement party or if they were celebrating the victory of the debate. Um, so I, I wasn't sure. I, I leaned more towards the engagement party. <clears throat> but there was a nice little nod at the end where one of the questions we had brought up in an earlier podcast is, will Felicity ever walk again? And I think we've gotten our answer. Yes. All signs yeah. point to yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's thanks to Curtis Holt, uh, obviously, who works for Felicity at Palmer Enterprises, uh, a.k.a. We, the first time we've heard this word oh, said with him. uh Mr. Um, terrific. Yeah, it's like I love that line. Just Ollie being like, "Curtis, you're you're terrific," yes. and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> give him his, give him his damn suit already! Come on!" <laughs> like he was able to scrap a couple weeks back, man. Like he actually held his own a little bit in that fight. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what surprised me. I said, "Wow, this guy's got skills." Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see that, dude. Like, you know, I, I want to see something continue to pick up with his character. He's been really enjoyable. Like. I didn't think anybody was going to be able to fill Brandon Routh's shoes as the Adam last season after he switched over to Legends. And um, he, he's been a really happy welcome addition to the ensemble. Well, it's the job requisite of the Paul Mark Tech. You have to be a quirky, smart, you know, fun it's guy. A, it, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, And I'm I don't just know a big if... fan of, uh, of Echo Cullum, who, who, is, who will be Mr. Terrific. He was, I've been a fan of his since he was on Ben and Kate. So it's, I, every time he's on screen, it's like he's... He always brings something, you know, great to uh, to the role and to uh, adds always something to the show. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's wonderful. Like I said, the more screen time that they can give him, the better. I mean, he, he kind of always lightens, uh, lightens up the scene. And uh, a good episode, too, for Quentin. Uh, Quentin Lance actually got some nice screen time this week. Um, when he's when he's avoiding debris of falling buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that was a great looking scene, though, too. That was beautifully shot. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. I was very, uh, very impressed with the, the effects the effects work this week. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody else had noticed this or not, but we saw a Marvel character in this episode of Arrow. Did what? we? <laughs> I will explain. Uh, the team of Demolition, who we had met a couple members, but one of the members, a.k.a. Jackhammer, mm-hmm. played by Daniel Cudmore, a.k.a. Colossus in the X-Men films. Oh, uh, that's true. I didn't even realize that. I thought he, he looked familiar. I yeah, didn't. so we got to see, in in a way, we got to see an X-Men sort as of. part of uh, the villainous team of Demolition. Well, Another nod to the comics. Yeah, and, and he, he does he does need work now that uh, his role has been overtaken in Deadpool. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad his role was overtaken by that Colossus, because that Colossus is so much better. Oh, I know. <laughs> Enough of the Marvel talk. <laughs> I know, I know. Back to DC land. Uh, uh, so I guess the end of the episode is the other last big point. We did see that uh, Damien Dark does have William. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it makes a point. Like, what happened to his mom? Yeah. Um, that very much seemed like uh, 
she's no longer with us at this point. The but way that we, they that came across, I have no idea. But do we think Damien Dark is really that kind of a person? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very well, much so. Yeah. I mean, it's a villain he, 101. Yeah, but I mean, he has a James Bond villain lair, sir. Let's think about yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he, white hair and he's an albino. Yes, he's a he villain. does. But do we really think that Michael would have gone with him that easily or not had been that upset when we were when we see him with Damien if his mother was killed? And I think we'll find that out in next week's episode. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. But that he would just go, that the kid would just go willingly. But I, I right. think something obviously had been, the mom had been coerced in some way, shape, or form by Damien. But I think, yeah. I, I, and I think that's, a, I think that's a better theory is that somehow she was coerced. I think so. To and, uh, uh, to re- to relieve Michael to him. And again, that also could be a huge shakeup in the season. For next year, if she turns out that maybe if she is that body, Ollie's got a son to deal with. Or William. I keep calling him Michael. It's William. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it, having William be with Ollie and him having to take care of his son, if the mother's not around and is the one in the grave, you know? Yeah. Uh, that could obviously be good reasonings why um, Felicity and him are no longer together. She finds out about the kid. Uh, he kept it from her for a long period of time. Like, you go back to the, the mid-season break right before uh, Legends started. Right. Um. That that was a very heated moment between the two of them that he was keeping something from her. Yes. Um, and then, you know, they made the time change and all that crap when where he didn't have that conversation. So things got interesting. So the fact that he's kept it even this long um, and with her realizing things like that. And, and again, I think it's she's still very well to be a possible in that that outcome as well. Um, if they want to shift the show around a little bit, having him be mayor and have a son is a quick way to do that really quickly. It, it would also make sense too as to why they're building up the rest of the team kind of like they're they're building up their strengths as independent characters mm-hmm. and not they're not relying on Oliver as much because there might be a chance as you had mentioned that Oliver's going to have to take a step back. Yeah. Um he's still going to be very much a part of the team. He's still going to don the suit when he can, but it's not going to be as often. So the team's going to have to step up. So the writers are doing a good job now of revealing that these characters are independent on their own. They're not relying on Oliver. Yeah. Uh, as the leader of the team. These guy any one of these people could take lead of the team. Diggle could take lead. Thea could uh, Speedy could take lead. Um Canary could take lead. Any of these people could step up and lead a mission. Um Diggle can take lead as long as he gets a different helmet. That thing's killing me, man. I hate <laughs> next Yeah, don't worry, Craig. Next week, buddy. Oh yeah, he's getting he's getting uh Cisco's upgrading him. Oh, oh finally, yes, that's yes. going to be amazing. Awesome. Um, they did I, see that we're seeing some upgrades for him next week. Perfect. I will wrap it up in saying that um, I do think that uh, William is a good possible reason as to why Felicity doesn't have the ring on her finger anymore in the limo. Um, but I'm not convinced that it's it's William's mother. Uh, I don't think Felicity would, would be as upset. Yeah. And I I don't see a reason why Grant would be there or right. why Barry Barry would be, would be there. there. Yeah. Unless it's somebody that he also knew. Yeah. That's why I'm discounting Felicity's mom. I think it's I think it's someone that Barry knew as well as um as uh, Oliver knew. And right. well, anything that would get Felicity to say kill him. That means it's got to be somebody close. To well, him. I wouldn't discount Felicity's mom from that only because Barry and Felicity are close. So he could be there simply just for Felicity uh-huh. for support for Felicity. Right. Yeah. 
but I don't see a reason why he would be there for William's mother unless right. it's purely for support for Oliver. Yeah. And that's that's possible because that's the type of character that Barry is. I mean, he's he's the sweet guy that, you know, he comes through for everybody. And, in, you know, if it was somebody major, like they even had that in that moment of, hey, you know, sorry, it took me so long. And it was that thing is like still dealing with Zoom. It's like, yeah, if it was somebody major, he would have found the time. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. let's be honest. So, uh, I mean, if it only takes them six seconds to get to, you know, Nanda Parbat, I can't imagine the, <laughs> the, the one second walk to, to Central City to Star City has got to be that bad. That's true. It's just the footpath behind the building. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so. Get there. Uh, all right, cool. So let us move forward then with. Oh, the- uh, actually, real quick, though, I got to give again props. You even mentioned it with the uh, the scene between her and Ollie was amazing this week, though, too. Uh, that little heart to heart that she when she figured out about uh, William. I thought that was uh, well worth bringing up, at least just as far as the quality of uh, that scene just alone. Which scene are we referring to? Uh, with Thea and Ollie uh, sitting down and uh, her figuring oh, out that he had actually has the, has the son. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a nice, very, very touching scene, I think. I love I love Willa Holland. She's yeah. she's fantastic. I really do. I, I really hope she's a part of this show for a long time. Yeah. So. Um, uh, but we, as, uh, we make quick mention real quick to next week's episode of Arrow, which is another big episode for the week, episode 15, uh, as soon as my computer had, was, uh, since it's frozen, but it is the episode with Vixen. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to that. I think this is going to be, this episode's going to be another nod to the comic book fans. At least mm-hmm. that's what I'm hoping. So yeah, and uh, like I said, CW does have a little Vixen animated series that does exist that's in the ether. So if you want to check it out, and I do know the the woman that does the voice, I can't remember her name offhand. Um, that voices the animated character um, is the person playing it in the show. So oh, um, Meglin, I yeah, I can't pronounce her last name. Yeah, no idea on that one. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I don't have my notes up on that. But uh, yeah, it is it is her re- reprising the role. Uh, you know, for the live action, though, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, the episode is is taken is what the title of the episode is. Mm-hmm. I not have anything to do with Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but the final show of the week that we have to discuss is DC's Legends of Tomorrow, episode five, titled "Failsafe." Uh, episode five of, of course, of the first season. Uh, after some of the legends are captured and thrown into a Russian gulag during the height of the Cold War of 1986, Snart leads the team in an elaborate escape plan to flee or to free their comrades. Uh, however, Rip gives Sarah a side secret mission that could prove not only uh, to be a liability but fatal to the team. Uh, so a lot, um, I, I guess a good amount. Now I, want, I don't want to say a lot. Uh, but, it was kind of it kind of felt like a bottle episode, but not quite a bottle episode, you know. Yeah, um, I will say, as I had mentioned during um, the bullet point, my allegiance towards favorite character shifted slightly. Uh, my favorite character is still Snart. Um, yeah. I think he. This was another strong episode for him too. But uh, Victor Garber, man, really stood out to me. In this episode, and he yeah. was the prime focus of this episode too. Last couple of weeks, man, the '86 storyline that they've been doing, he has really, really shined, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it really shows the quality of his his talent um, in that ensemble. Yeah. Like he's just amazing to watch. 
Yeah. Well, I every when I found out he was going to be on the show, well, when when he was on on uh, Flash the first time, Richard Garber is one of the best actors on the planet. So it's like this script must be really good for him to for him to do it. He's far and away the best actor on this show. So well, he's he top build on the show. He's he's top build on the show too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and for good reason. So whenever he has you know an opportunity. That's why I was so surprised that he stayed for as long as he did. And when he, and when we first saw him on Flash, I thought, oh, it's a one-off. They can't afford Victor Garber or Victor Garber's doing a, a, a comic book show. The <laughs> script must be really good, and the scripts are really good because yeah. you know he could at any time. I mean, I mean, I don't need this shit. You know, I'm I'm Victor Garber, <laughs> but his um, but his, his again his monologue explaining, you know, uh, why he's that way towards. Um, I forget the character's name. Uh, Jax, yeah. Jax. yeah. But even even when he explained two weeks ago about, you know, remembering or not remembering Ray as a student, you know, that was that was perfect. You know, mm-hmm. the way he delivers the lines and the way you just, you know, you, you want to root for him. You want to be that guy. I want him to tell me, you know, I want him to be my mentor, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> tough love. Yeah, he was he was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my my future can be in extreme jeopardy. But if Victor Garber told me, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, no, awesome episode. Uh, I, I did also love too with uh, them, you know, trying to talk to the, the Russia, uh, you know, uh, uh, mafia and try to get their information, and you know, just them going in and just having Rip and uh, Cold sitting there trying to interrogate the mob boss. <laughs> yeah, in the spa. Oh god, the sauna. that was wonderful. <laughs> and just Rip kind of like, do you want to take care of this one? He's like, no, you got this. No, That's you cool. got this. Yeah. Well, we also <laughs> find out too in that scene that Rip can hold his own. In a yeah, fight. dude. Yeah. He, 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 uh, he, he was pretty scrappy in that. I was pretty impressed. Yeah. Did anyone else notice that, or was it just me? That did Brandon Ralph in the prison while he was saying hi to everyone just remind you of his his role as Clark Kent? He really did. <laughs> yeah. The big the big dumb grin. Hi. How you doing? Hey, oh, hey. really? <laughs> like it, my my wife says the best. You see him; he's just absolutely adorable. You know, <laughs> he, he's he's that big, dumb, lovable dog, and he's just wonderful. Like last week, he had that one line of like, "I always wanted to be a spy," and it was just, oh, it just it just he's just got that big, stupid grin on his face, and you love it. He's yeah. that he's the big, dumb, lovable dog. But I mean, this episode, he proved that he could take a beating. Yeah, yes. and and he is loyal to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he took that beating uh, to take the heat off of um, off of Mick. And yeah. I mean, he took a pounding and he did it and he earned That's heat right. waves respect totally yeah. for that. And I love the fact that, like, you're going to see Mick probably explain that to Snart at some point. And it's kind of like, no, he's like, he is one of us. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't care if he's part of the team. But as far as my eyes are concerned between the three of us. He's one of us, and that was great. Yeah, and uh, I we got to see the Adam action figure again too. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did. And I, I just love the line. It's amazing he that he could what what I don't remember exactly what it was, but he could fit like that much stupid in such a small space, yeah, <laughs> or something like that. I think Mick makes that comment. Oh, um, or maybe it was no, it might have been Snart. It was, it was Snart. It was Snart. That on that one, but. Uh, <laughs> That much stupid in the one suit. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Oh, you almost make a delivery just like Snart too, Craig. <laughs> well, he, well, Wentworth Miller, you know, he's another one like Victor Garber. I can Victor Garber is the way he, he explains stuff, the way he he talks. But Wentworth Miller, the way he drags out every single syllable and makes it his own. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but great it, delivery. But it makes me pay attention to every single word he says. I know they they all feel so important. Oh my god, it's so great. And I will say this: this is kind of off the topic of of um of Captain Cold and and Leonard Snart and and all them. But it's nice to know that if for some reason Casper Crump doesn't make it as Vandal Savage, he will fit very well as one of the Geico cavemen if they ever decide to bring that back. Yes, perfect. <laughs> you know, actually, I will say this. I'm starting to like him more and more, though, as the show's been going on. Uh, last couple episodes, he's he's starting to starting with that eyes wide shut kind of episode. Uh, he's been more interesting. Well, I think I think the thing is, is that the writers are kind of we know for a fact that he's the big bad of the show. Mm-hmm. But I think what the writers are doing, and I think it's kind of brilliant, is the fact that even though we know he's the big bad, they're giving us teases of him here and there. But they're using this season to develop his character. So that by the end, then he's going to be the big bad we're expecting. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, it was, I love that one quick scene, though. It was just ripping him in the room. And you could see it on Savage's face. He knew he was going to, quote unquote, die there. He mm-hmm. totally just did not care. He's just kind of like, no, I've spent the last 11 years studying that picture in that pocket watch. And it was kind of it was the first time that moment when I said I've been waiting that for that terrifying moment of him. That was it. Yeah. And it was just kind of like you you can go back back and watch that first scene of the pilot episode of him killing, you know, Rip's son, and uh, it all clicks in your brain that then in there. Yeah, yeah, so. agreed. Um, another nice thing to note is the fact that uh, Carlos Valdez loves playing double duty. Uh huh. Because <laughs> we got to see Cisco in this episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Pseudo Cisco. A mental image. Valentina Cisco. <laughs> yeah, Valentina. Man, Valentina played multiple characters in this episode. She did. She was herself, Cisco, and Firestorm. Yeah. And point. potentially at that very end there, that was the birth of a negative woman. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, I like the nod to as well of um, Heat Wave kind of uh, mentioning Rocky Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which they face the Russian. Yeah. And Drago survives at the end. Drago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ending. Drago survives at the end. So I mean this was nineteen eighty six. Was Rocky Four out yet at that point? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think oh, okay. it was. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't do uh, the research on that. And Jax had a really great line too. He picked up the bullet in the leg as he was running to the fuse and uh, it was that take that Barry Allen. <laughs> That's all right. Did anyone catch the uh, the nod to when they uh, they told uh, Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell, Snart and Mick, they have to break um, break him out? And he said, "This isn't our first prison break." Yeah. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. I, I screamed. Nice. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not oh, nice I missed that because I loved Prison Break. Exactly. Yes. I. Be- I- Ben, I've been waiting for somebody to say that for like the since they were on uh, Flash. I wanted when they first appeared on Flash. I wanted, I was waiting for like one of them to say Prison Break. But yeah, it was the last episode. He said this is not our first Prison Break. Damn yes! it! <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> now I want to go back and watch it again just to hear that. Oh, uh, but I mean, again, it was a big episode for Victor Garber because we did see that um, Valentina did eventually find the way to. Uh, to incorporate herself and uh, Dr. Stein to together to become a new version the, of the USS Firestorm. USSR Firestorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, USS Firestorm makes it sound like an Enterprise ship. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. It's a Star Trek vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also found out, too, we got a nice little nod to Ronnie again in this one. 
in the fact that that's how Jax communicated with Dr. Stein. Yeah, I thought the fact that they brought back the arm cutting was a nice, nice little twist. Yeah, which we had originally seen in The Flash with Ronnie. Yeah, uh, with another amazing actor, too, uh, uh, which was, oh, my God, I just lost it. Robbie Mel? No, no, no. Uh, the big, big bad from that episode. Sorry. Oh, um, crap. Um, he's from Lost. Um, well, he was yeah. in Lost. and He was also Lex Luthor's voice forever and a half, too. Uh, he was in Shawshank Redemption. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I can't think of. Oh, that makes me sad that I just Clancy lost Brown. that. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, Clancy Brown, was. He's, he's done so much amazing stuff. So it's. And many, many, uh, many ties to not just this universe, but other pre-existing DC universes. So, like yeah. the, one of the best Lex Luthers I think I've ever there's ever been voiced. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I mean, we we haven't mentioned yet. We had uh, Laura Laurel uh, was put on her side mission. Or Sarah, uh, not Sarah. Laurel. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I almost gave Laurel her own episode. <laughs> uh, but Sarah was put on her own mission by Rip, that being that if they could not rescue Professor Stein, her job was to put him at, he would put him down to assassinate him. Um, because if obviously if he becomes part of the new USSR firestorm, then the future of 2016, where we saw all the different Russian firestorms flying around was going to come to fruition. So uh, it was a point where Sarah was pretty much going to was going to have to assassinate him and take him out. And I'm starting to think more and more after seeing that whole thing play out that uh, John Constantine actually did his job. I think her soul is there. I think this is now just erasing everything that the league did to her. That is her bloodlust. It is not the the pit, I think. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that because I think if she didn't have her soul, there would have been no hesitation at all. She would have pulled that trigger. Yeah, if if, if she was kind of in the same shape that Thea was in a couple weeks back on Arrow – there, no question about it. Uh, she would have she would have fired the shot. So yeah. I think uh, I think, again, John Custody did his job in uh, in what he, he he stated. And I don't think it's just a pit wreaking havoc on her. Is it too much to ask that we see him show up again? I hope not. Point? I absolutely hope not. I would love to see Matt Ryan done done this done, oh, the, uh, jacket and tie again, man. I, I hold a very special place in my heart for Matt Ryan. Um, and it actually has to do with is just a quick story. It actually has to do with our friend Mannix, who was on the podcast last week. Um, very quick. I went to New York Comic Con with Mannix and his girlfriend, our friend Amanda. And Mannix actually cosplayed as Matt Ryan, a.k.a. Constantine, and looked fantastic. Like he looked straight out of the show like Matt Ryan. And we went to there was a Constantine panel at New York Comic Con in which they were going to screen the pilot. And then Matt Ryan and all those guys were going to do the, the Q&A. And we sat through five panels in the main room just so we could work our way up to the front row for that wow. panel because we wanted Matt Ryan to see Mannix as Constantine. Um, so when the panel ended and, and they did everything, we uh, they were kind of rushing Matt out of there because I guess the panel had gone a little too long. But Matt saw Mannix and made a point to call him over to the side of the stage so that they could have a picture. Wow. And That's it was awesome. such a cool and that granted it's more of an experience for Mannix than it is for me. Um but it was such a cool experience just to to for Mannix to experience that as well and to be there when he did that. Yeah. Uh and that just showed the kind of person that Matt Ryan is and that's that's more the reason I I'd want to see Constantine succeed. I want to see that character come back. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh before we talk about how the episode ended at the end, is there anything that we're forgetting for uh, for this? We like I said, you know, Shire and Jax do do come kind of save the day at the ass end. She's the only person I don't think we even mentioned at all in this. 
Uh, she had a very bit part, and they kind of said so they kind of got sidelined, and you could kind of see the writers kind of did that to the uh, to them as well. Um, they haven't done too much the uh, Jax and Shire in the last couple weeks, so I hope we uh, start seeing a little bit more. We saw a nice little moment with Jax there at the end of the episode, but Shire has been uh, kind of in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not exactly a large part as you had mentioned. Yeah. For her. Uh, but one thing this episode did do different from past episodes is this episode, and you know it was a total nod to the fans. You know they did it for this reason. We saw a teaser as to it. It, it kind of rolled over into next week's episode. Right. Chrono shows up, knocks him out of the time stream, and where do they go? Into the future. Mm-hmm. Star City 2046. Yes. And, of course, the first person that we see in the future is Connor Hawk. Yep. Future arrow for Star City. We see Smoke. Um, smoke Industries. Uh, yeah. Palmer, and, Palmer Industries has become Smoke Industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the tr- in the preview for next week, we do get to see Oliver, uh, future version of Oliver with the the goatee and the robotic or, arm. It looks and, like and the robotic arm. Yeah. So uh, which is kind of, I'm kind of bummed. I was kind of hoping he was going to be pulling the bow with his teeth like he does in Dark Knight Returns, but <laughs> <laughs> can't have everything, I guess. But we got the goatee at least and uh, the nods of the arm. But yeah, do we think that um, the cybernetic arm is a product of smoke industries uh i would not be surprised okay. yeah or something that cisco made for him oh yeah true i didn't even think about cisco mm-hmm. so uh something else that we see in the promo for uh for the next episode of legends of tomorrow is future deathstroke Ooh. yeah and i'm wondering who that's gonna be um i because again we do know uh because we're getting close to the news section i can might as well just bring it up here because it was a piece from last week that we missed uh they did say Emmanuel Bennett will not be back anytime soon. Uh, DC Top Brass has uh, pulled the character for unknown reasons yet because they say he has big plans and uh, he will not be appearing on Arrow anytime soon. So. Well, is it is it big plans for Arrow or is it big plans for the other show that he's on? Uh, I think it is actually because he's not contractually obligated to not be able to make appearances. Uh, mm-hmm. He's allowed to while he's doing Shannara. Um, it is from reading into it, and I did follow the story up. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of rumblings that Destrick's character is in Suicide Squad. Oh, and okay. that has been kind of kept quiet. Um, there's been a lot of talks that uh, um, Eastwood, um, I, Eastwood's son, uh, I can't Kyle. remember his first name. Kyle. Uh, yeah. Kyle, yeah. Kyle, yeah, Kyle Eastwood, uh, who's in the movie, is actually playing him. So. Um, no idea yet, but that's been the big, big rumor. And I have a feeling that with some other things that are coming on in DC World right now, is um, that that character just may be off off the uh, off the running for them for the time being. Mm. That'd be yeah, that would kind of suck. Um, but I'm looking ahead of at the cast of Star City 2046, which again is next week's episode. Uh, no big reveals. Uh, obviously, we're seeing Stephen Stephen Amell as Oliver Queen, Casper Crump as Vandal Savage. Uh, and uh, Joseph David Jones as Connor Hawk. The only other one worth mentioning is Patrick Sparling playing a Mirakuru thug. So we know Mirakuru is actually coming back, obviously, so with, with Deathstroke coming back as well. That's probably what we're seeing. It's Maybe it's not Deathstroke. Maybe it's just uh, Mirakuru soldiers. Maybe maybe that's how they're going to get around that. So Possibly. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. So, But I am definitely looking forward to next week. Um, I want to see Stephen Amell with the Van Dyke. Yeah. yeah. Finally. <laughs> so. 
Uh, but yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for the Secret Origins portion of this. Uh, before we wrap up, we're going to do, of course, DC Essentials, where we give you a little bit of news in the world of DC, as well as any recommendations that we're going to pass along to you. So starting off with the DC news portion, uh, a couple things we had mentioned before we had started recording uh, that we could bring up. I know one of them is I know the one that I brought up is we see the image of the Silver Banshee coming up in a future episode of Supergirl. Right, and uh, that first side shot that we did see of her before we saw that full uh, full makeup, uh, makeup shot, that does uh, also, that photo shot does show Grant Gustin in that shot, so this could be very well that crossover episode that we've been uh, waiting for that they'll be airing on March 28th, I believe. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, because I didn't see any other shots. I only saw the, the one shot of um of her so i didn't i didn't see the shot with uh with flash um but it's a nice nod i love how they keep this in the same i want to say universe but it's not universe it's more like the family uh we do know who's playing silver banshee correct uh yeah and uh, she's um it's a it's a talia ricci yeah um who is the girlfriend of robbie amell aka the cousin of Stephen amell right so I I like the little tie-ins mm-hmm. that they they keep it all within kind of like the family, but you know yeah. it's the Amel's influence that has partially oh, yeah. to do with that. Guaranteed. Nepotism, nepotism ruins Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's ruining it though in this case. <laughs> no, it's 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 running Hollywood. That's what I mean. Oh, running. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. So, um, Rob, what were some of the other things that we hadn't mentioned to? Uh let's see. Um, you know, uh, was it Vanessa Hudgens? Oh yeah, uh, is right. been cast as the lead for I believe it's going to be on NBC. DC's got yet another television show coming called Powerless, which right. is going to be about a group of insurance people that are dealing with the fallouts from superheroes. Um, which sounds very familiar to many people out there if they've ever heard of a Marvel comic called Damage, Damage Control. Control. Yes. yes. So this sounds like the DC take on that, and Damage Control is being made into a TV show for the Marvel as well. So. We're going to get two of these shows. Which one will survive? We'll probably know next season very quickly. Um, so I, I have a feeling this could be the short-lived show um, out of all of these so far. I think this could uh, this may only get a half season. Um, not banking anything on it, but I have a feeling if we're going to have two identical shows like this, it's it's really going to depend on the the creative talent behind it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. So I agree. Now that leads me to my question. I was going to ask you two with uh, that show coming out and the Shield spinoff of Marvel's Most Wanted. Are we getting to the point where we're oversaturated? Or, yeah. Uh, I, is it... Well, you think about it this way: Agent Carter is going to be wrapping up. Um, uh, you know that this is definitely the final season for that. They did say that is getting canceled. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I, really? I didn't hear that. Agent Carter is done. Um, oh, that's a shame because I like Agent Carter. Uh, its numbers have been slowly dipping, 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 and they said the sheer cost to do the show has not been worth it. And again, that's been always kind of a mid-season pickup show. So, um, but that is wrapping up. Um, so season two will be the end of that. And I've been hearing some rumblings of Agents Agents of Shield could be in some trouble too. So who knows? Um, but that's so, always that show's always been in trouble. I mean, since it's been on the air, it's it's like every week the ratings decline because of right. their refusal to have any you know type of tie-ins or any uh, nods to any of the event. No 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 guest stars. People want to see the extension of the uh, the Marvel movies. That's not happening. 
Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that's still going to get one more full season still. Um, but I, I could see some of these shows going into next season, uh, potentially wrapping mm-hmm. up. I think the DC primary uh, primary shows will not. Legends is still doing good numbers. Flash is still doing amazing. Uh, Arrow is still very strong amazing. still. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Supergirl is the only one I'm, I'm, I have no idea about. And now Krypton still getting slated for sci-fi. Um, and that's it right now. And then now we know of Powerless, uh, but that's it. So, yeah, but Powerless, again, it, it could be a very fun show. This is one of those shows where they can get away with probably name dropping the big three as often as they wanted to because yeah. they're not going to be showing any of that stuff. So yes. I would love to see them kind of talk about that as the overall universe. Like maybe even if this is that show that's tied into the DC Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. this is the show that they should do it on. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, yeah, and I agree to a point where we might be getting oversaturated w- with everything. But, I mean, if if everything was up to the quality, if they make 20 comic book shows, if they were all up to the quality of, like, Flash and Arrow, I, dude, I'd watch them all. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the problem, the issue is that when you when you oversaturate, oversaturate the market with, with a number of these shows, you kind of stretch the quality out. So it's it's gonna lessen. I don't think that's gonna happen with Flash and Arrow because they have their writing teams. They're they're set in their ways. Um, I don't think all these other shows that are coming out are gonna diminish the quality of those shows. Right. It's just these newer shows coming out. Now you're kind of splitting attention. So mm-hmm. it's you know Arrow, Flash, DC, Supergirl. They have their audience already. Their audience is gonna stick with them whether these sh- new shows are out or not. So these new shows now, they're all coming around around the same time. So now you've got people kind of like it's, – it's like trying to pick your favorite child yeah, or trying to pick, you know, pick which child you want to spend more time with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only other big point of news is actually in the comic world for DC. Um, you know, this past week uh, we did hear Jeff Johns, who's been very responsible for the DC TV side of things. Uh, did come out and they're really pushing uh, DC Comics' uh, upcoming rebirth. Um, and this seems to be the comic event that is meant to kind of right the wrongs of the DC reboot, um, mm-hmm. which happened uh, back in 2011, 2012, if memory serves correctly, right after Flashpoint wrapped up. Um, and then, you know, uh, just a couple of years ago or last year, they did the DCU line where they kind of said, let's not worry too much about continuity anymore. Let's just let creators do what they want, build the right things. And then, you know, unfortunately, they lost a lot of people. Um in the process of uh, of doing that, I think uh, comics have become stagnant both on Marvel and DC side, and I think um, DC is putting uh, putting the reins of control into the hands of the smartest man they have there, which is Jeff Johns, and uh, hence the rebirth name. Uh, he's he's been the man responsible for bringing Hal Jordan back in a very big bad way, and uh, and uh, Barry Allen back um, in a big bad way. It was Flash Rebirth uh, not that long ago too, um, and that's where we got the storyline of. The Kurt Flash show, uh, that background of, um, you know, Zoom or uh, Reverse Flash taking out, um, you know, Flash's mother. Mm-hmm. So uh, if he can do this and help uh, DC kind of relaunch as a whole and do that same idea of, you know, not for ignore what they've done currently, but bring everybody's favorite things back, the legacy characters back a little bit and uh, kind of be able to move forward in a really nice positive direction. But uh, that kicks off. uh it's going to be a one-issue one, one issue hit, uh, and I believe that hits May 25th, give or take. And then everything's going to be following the Rebirth banner for quite a while. And uh, they said that's kind of the company's mission statement. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. 
Yeah, I, I would look forward to seeing that too. Because I mean, I, again, you had mentioned comic books getting kind of stagnant at certain points, and. I felt that way too about comic books. Like I don't read comic books a lot, but now more so than ever, the comic books that I read are a lot of the smaller independent indie comics more so than the DC and Marvel now, just because it's it, to me, DC and Marvel have become like the same things over and over again. Um, so I'm like, I'm re- I'm reading stuff from IDW. I'm reading stuff from Titan. I'm reading stuff f- from more of the lesser known comics, mm-hmm. uh, comic, uh, companies. So, so I'd be interested to see what they're going to do with this. I do too. And the, the nice thing is they're going back to the old school two ninety nine price point on all books, yeah. um, which is great. It's the, <laughs> there was an old thing they did way back when called hold the line at two ninety nine, and they said they are bringing that back. And uh, what's interesting too is all the books are going to launch twice a month. There's only going to be a couple that are going to be monthly books anymore, but they're they're cutting down their line pretty drastically, focusing on the heroes that everybody cares a lot about. And AKA probably also the ones they're going to be pushing in the movie universe and TV shows. So yeah. I think, uh, I think this is a really nice way to tighten up and I like the fact that they're making it affordable. So. Yeah. Finally. yeah well, I'm uh, the opposite of you, Ben. I've been reading comics, you know, nonstop, you know, since I was a kid and I've, I'm still every week. I need the titles. I go through all the Batman titles and um, like the uh, new Spider-Man and the, the Daredevil and the Punisher titles and i agree that it's uh the work's fallen off you know quite a bit i'm looking forward to rebirth because i'm following the batman storyline and after the the huge cataclysmic you know joker storyline of last year where they kind of um brought it they they, they kind of tore the family apart and kind of made batman into a an, an island and him trying to to rededicate himself to gotham to get his you know the, the crew back batgirl robin you know Nightwing and all that, and uh, he's he lost himself. He lost his memory. And now he's coming. He's finally realizing that he is Batman, and the whole process of this has been. It's taken a whole year for him to realize who he is. So I'm looking forward to that type of Batman. I don't know what it's going to happen be- between now and and uh, Rebirth, but I'm following it to the end. Over in Marvel, the big they have the big angle coming out uh, standoff. Uh, Welcome to Pleasant Hill. It's a uh, kind of a Civil War type uh, crossover that's going to go through every Marvel um, uh, magazine. There's a, a, an idyllic like utopia like super prison that S.H.I.E.L.D. has uh, made for you know major villains. And these villains are, are sent there and they're given new memories or given new identities. And it's like you're living in man. Barry combined with Riverdale combined with Springfield and everything so idyllic but these men are are realizing who they are and he looks in the mirror and it oh my god he I'm Baron Zemo and I'm stuck in 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 Mayberry I've got to get out and more importantly people have got to find out people have to know where I am so the small time you know small town becomes ground zero for the biggest villain hero clash since Civil War and it just started uh, this past week, and that's going to run throughout the summer. So that's the big news that's happened that Marvel is, uh, start, I guess, gearing up for uh, Captain America Civil War. They're doing their own type of Civil War Two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that sounds kind of cool, though. Mm-hmm. It does. Yes. It's got a great start so far. <laughs> awesome. Uh, 
I guess on that note, though, I, um, that's a good recommendation from from uh, from Craig on something that would be worthwhile for some of the other listeners to check out. Um, I guess I can mention mine as well, too, because uh, Rob, did you have one uh, for uh, Essentials? Honestly, as well? I, I'm going to kind of back up what Craig's earlier point with Batman was is honestly, like I said, I know it sounds like a lot of issues. Uh, just honestly, in the new 52 run, just read, honestly, Batman from Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder. Uh, it, you will not be. Sorry that you did so from the start of the run to just the, the wrap up of the Mr. Blue Mark that's happening now, which is yeah. amazing. Absolutely. Is. Amazing. Right, Rob. Cool. Uh, yeah, the only other thing I was going to recommend this um, uh, for this week's DC Essentials is I'm a big fan of, of scores, like movie soundtracks. Um, so I've actually been checking out. I picked up uh, the soundtrack to The Flash Season 1 and The Flash Arrow uh, Flash versus Arrow crossover, which has its own soundtrack as well, um, by composer Blake Neely, and I've been loving them. I've been listening to them nonstop, uh, you know, on top of podcasts and and everything else. So uh, when I get into a writing mood, I like to put on scores just so I can kind of picture what's going on. And granted, there are certain pieces that just I can't think of anything but the Flash, just because it's got the theme song in it. But there's other stuff that's in there that just makes my imagination wander. And if anybody else out there is like that, too, and you like scores like that and soundtracks, uh, I recommend them. The Blake Neely scores for The Flash and uh, Flash vs. Arrow are, are really good. So Awesome. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess with that being said, uh, we can get ready to wrap things up. We can knock out a couple cheap plugs before we get out of here, though. Uh, Craig, I know you had mentioned you have your con and panel coming up in a couple weeks if you wanted to mention them again. Yes, uh, March 19th, Saturday, March 19th from uh, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. at 22nd and Spruce Trinity Church. I'll be at the Philly Comics and Cosplay Day. I'll be doing a panel on Batman, uh, the role of Batman in today's society. I'll also be hosting uh, my own pop culture uh, game show. For anyone who wants to come down, tickets are only 10 bucks for general admission, and you can stay all day, again, from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday, March 19th. And I'll be talking about it this Friday on the President Steve Show on 93.3 WMMR in Philadelphia. I'm so bummed that I'm not going to be around to go. <laughs> I already have plans to be in Connecticut that weekend. I, I'm so bummed. I will have to take a look at my schedule. If if that's free, maybe I will try to pop out there and please do. Out, and Rob, a if you like to be on, and Rob, if you like to be on the panel, by all means, I, I will. I will totally look at my schedule. If I could do that, I will. I will try to make that happen. Thank you, sir. <laughs> awesome, uh, Rob. How about you? Uh, people can uh, go over and check us out at caffeinecrew.com. Uh, you can always email us as well at thecaffeinecrew.com. We just got back from Wicked Fair, which is. Uh, uh, amazing convention slash festival, however you want to put it. And I apologize too for the delay in this week's show. I kind of got the worst concrete I've had in a long time. So you, you, you never know what you're going to get when you get into a building with like, you know, 2,000 other geeks and a hotel that doesn't seem to be cracking their <laughs> AC. <laughs> it becomes a breeding ground and a petri dish for the worst things humanly possible in the body. Yeah, so. pretty much. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing time. And we're going to have coverage going up uh, all this week on our site there. And I'm uh, really looking forward to going through and getting through the one interview I was able to do before I lost my voice. So <laughs> um, beyond that, other cheap plugs real quick, though, too. Um, uh, make sure to head over to georgeshawmusic.com, um, and George will be on our episode next week, and we want to thank him again for uh, all his uh, amazing music that he's lent to the show. And uh, we're really looking forward to talking to him next week. Yeah, ben. definitely. 
Uh, before I get into my cheap plugs, I just want to back up a step and say follow Craig on Twitter. Oh, yes, uh, please, please, please do. He, he posts some hysterical stuff on Twitter. Uh, so follow him at Craig Lagans on Twitter because uh, it's sir. worth it. Thank you. And it's free. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but real quick before we get out of here, my cheap plugs, of course, follow us um, uh, nextlevelradioonline.com for all of the podcasts that are included in the Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at NXT Level Radio. And as I had mentioned before, too, we just celebrated the first podcast we ever started on the network is the Showcast, which is still going strong. It's our flagship show, and we just celebrated our 100th podcast. Uh, in which we we actually spoke to uh, a former Miss USA, actually, Nia Sanchez, 2014, um, was our interview. We did our – it was our third annual Oscar prediction show where we make all of our picks for the Oscars. And the coolest thing about the episode, other than being the 100th, is that um, – uh, former two-time guest uh, comedian David Huntsberger, who was the host of the show Reactor on the Sci-Fi Channel, uh, came back as our first third-time guest and made some Oscar picks with us. So it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. Very cool. So, uh, but yeah, highly recommend checking that out if you can. Just help us make our hundredth episode like our highest-rated one. That's that's what I really really want right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. until. Uh, but until next time, we are going to be out of here. Again, George Shaw next week. Craig, I'm sure we'll have you on again. There's plenty of other episodes yep. left. And uh, I think we we did just confirm uh, our, one of our essential picks for last week, uh, the DCR podcast. I think uh, Sean Lamont and uh, Brian Glein will be joining us in a couple of weeks as well, too. A lot of fun. Uh, and I'm looking forward to having them on as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, uh, But that's going to wrap it up for this week's DC Primetime. Until next week, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Bye.